Now, it was explained to me that the, the radio show, the TV show, the stage play, the film when it comes out, and the, uh, the books, the information doesn't always It's all completely self-contradictory, yeah, yes, absolutely, yeah. Well, because I don't understand the sense it's meant to make, and uh -huh. so I try to share that sense of complete bafflement and bewilderment with the readers. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must the white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Isn't how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. You're listening to League Podcast, the League versus Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I am Matt Magic Thighs Durson. Uh, don't panic, I'm John Hunt. Thank you for having me on the show. Slarty Bardfast here, Adventure of the Orts. Hmm. Welcome, welcome back, Slotties. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you. The best thing about listening to an audiobook of the Hitchhiker's Guide is the way the British guy says Slotty Botfast. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole thing. So many you know, great pronunciations in that yeah. reading. Slotty Botfast. So, yeah, we're going to talk mostly about the novel, I think. That's all I did. I don't know if it's what I did too. That's well, I have I to say that I am a connoisseur and a, a big, huge Hitchhiker's Guide fan. And I, I have to say, we're at the top that of the things that we all grew up with and that are special to us, and and this might sound like hyperbole, hyperbole, but it's not. Uh, Which but, is also a character in Hitchhiker's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but of the things that we grew up with from from Monty Python to the Monkey TV show and and the the weird things that we were into that made us just a little bit different than the average guy. It, even Star Wars. Like, I would say that Hitchhiker's Guide and the subsequent novels have more of an impact on me and development of my personality than I think even, even Star Wars does, seriously, because it was so important to, like, everybody in my family everybody in my family loved it we were just like rallied around it and uh we really enjoyed it well God's. one Very of the cool. things i remember about you is in your old band you had a song called like arthur dent or something did i you? did i did there was like a <laughs> dent thing i forget what it was like, it was like mostly right. instrumental you just sort of you were like don't kill arthur dent or something i, I don't rem remember exactly but I, you I, are totally right, and I'm only remembering that right now for the first time in like 30 years. Wait a minute, Clay. Were you in Radiohead at one point? And uh, is that why it's no? They I, have a I would never be in a terrible band like Radiohead or Coldplay. <laughs> as long as you didn't say Dire Straits. <laughs> oh, Thurston, did you get my Walk of Life from Fenway Park yesterday? I did. I did. Thank you. And I'm sorry I didn't respond, but. Uh... Make sure you got uh, it. That's I what I was doing. Because you're sending me emails while you're at a Red Sox game, and I'm like, "Wow, this guy just never." Stops. I was by myself. I was by myself. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, ended up winning. I can't believe it. 
I left too because I was like, they're not going to win this thing, and I got to get yeah, home I, court range. Yeah, I thought for it was sure like they're tenth inning. Yeah, but they ended you know up what it's like out. being a, sitting at the game from the beginning till the tenth inning. You're like, geez. Yeah, it's long. And it's that's how I knew it was a shield setup when I heard the game because I had already I had been at that game in 1941. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Captain America. Episode. Go back and listen to our Captain America. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, of course, there are many references. Maybe we can get to that later, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of pop culture references to the life, the universe, and everything. And Google, it just comes up 42. Like, it's kind of, it's pretty neat. But, uh, yeah, I, Clay, I didn't, I guess I didn't know that. I didn't read the book until I was, like, 22 or something, I think, or somewhere in there. It really never... hits, like, all the... All the right spots for me. Like it's sci-fi. It's hilarious. It, there's kind of like there's like the the quantum physics, like multiverse kind of thing with the improbability drive. Like I was all way into that stuff in, when I was in high school, and I still am. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, still in those... high school? <laughs> <laughs> it's one don't of those tell, things that don't I tell Mass Art. I always wanted to read and never got around to it, and then I bought the big thick blue that has all five books in it and i read it from beginning to end which i have to say well two things about that like on the one for one thing it's very cool because you just read them all on the other hand like i my memory i don't really remember what is in which book you know i, mean? I remember certain right. things and i don't know which book it was in yeah and second of all by the time i got to the last one and i think douglas adams probably echoes my i was kind of like i'm done with this like <laughs> Yeah. So and apparently Douglas it was like Adams agreed. mostly harmless was the last one was the the fifth book right? Uh, yeah, the, the one where he's like um he's just making sandwiches on some planet. Yeah, he's, like he's the sandwich master of the planet. I don't even. Yeah, I think I barely finished. I think I just kind of like you know you finish because you've been reading. There was a the long time thing. between that. The yeah, that book came and out that one. So when it yeah. came out, I was super excited. Oh, very good. We, we can get into Douglas Adams, of course, the, the man behind the legend. Kind of an interesting life, I thought, when I listened to that YouTube. I the, watched that thing. Yeah, I watched that YouTube video that you sent around, which is very, very interesting. I had no idea, really, that he was friends with Graham Chapman from Monty Python. They were drinking buddies. <laughs> he, he's one of the few non-Pythoners who wrote a sketch, which is pretty interesting. Oh, that is cool. There's only two, apparently. Only two non-Python people actually ever wrote a sketch for Money Python. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, and then he and Jick Graham Chapman were going to do a show, and that didn't pan out. He was a, a story editor on Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always had an idea. And he, well, he had pitched scripts, too, for uh, that. Yeah. yeah, where it was a, a ship that was manned by like all the losers of the right the most something like yeah like the worst people on the planet yeah <laughs> which he reused and, uh, and apparently yeah as as i discussed we discussed in the email all this writing and story editing but the writing gigs were actually sort of few and far between and he was laying in a field drunk and he looked up at the sky and he had been reading the, the hitchhiker's he, guide to europe right or he was thinking there should have been a Hitchhiker's Guide to Europe. It was like when he was still in school. Right. He was a young dude. Yeah. And he, young up, he said, what if there was a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? And then it was all... No, they, like, even that wasn't the end of it. Because he had other stuff. And 
he was going to do this series for the BBC radio called The Ends of the Earth. And it was like a six-episode series, and each one was going to end with the, the Earth blowing up. And he wrote the first episode, and he's like, wait a minute. You know, what this needs is like a guy. Like, right? He needed a character who had a job. And so yeah, that's right. That's exactly what he said. And the job was Ford writing Prefect. the Checkers Guide, and it became Ford Prefect. So, which I didn't know what that was either when I was a, It's the car, it right? Yeah, but I didn't know. But yeah, and he filed up the name Perfect, right? I, I, yeah, I guess. Is, it, is that what it is? I, mean, I thought there yeah. actually was a Ford Prefect for that matter, but... See, I still don't. <laughs> that was like the for some reason I I didn't hear. No, there is a Ford. There's a car called the Ford Prefect. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, it's Her, probably junky. I mean, yeah, it was made in the '40s and '50s, and then in 1961 they junked it. But uh, yeah, it was a real car. But anyway, yeah, I didn't know that until I don't know how old I was. I was, I like, was oh. now now years old when I found that. <laughs> yeah, that's like. That's not like a. That's a pretty like rare thing to want to know. That's I think feel like that's a deep cut trivia. Right, <laughs> like, right. Lane. Listen... That's the other thing, right? Like, yeah. That uh, that Andrew does Clay movie. That was a car too. Yeah, that one I think was a more popular and well known car though. Now yeah. I feel that Ford Fairlane the movie is probably the thing people wouldn't wouldn't get. <laughs> I know that's a that's a deep yeah, exactly. cut. Exactly. Us elders. Yeah. Us elders remember when it came out in the summer of 1990. Oh, my God. Yeah, every every light on it was, like, actually a foot switch. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, he came up with the idea, like, from that, from from those beginnings, Frank, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So, if anyone out there listening, spoiler warning, has not read this book or, God hope you've seen that movie. Yeah. Ford, but wait, 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 wait. Uh, I think minute. that you should say, mention it started out as a radio show, yes. much like I, our right. much like our audio comics, <laughs> and uh, you can actually listen. A good way to listen to the audio book is to like go check those out on YouTube. And there's actually a pretty funny BBC TV show that has kind of like the aesthetic of like yeah, 80s Doctor Who. I I love that show. I think it's cool. I think fans of the of the book that are really into it, they should definitely check out the TV show at least. It's certainly better than the 2005 movie or whenever that came out. Yeah, it was 2005. Oh boy. Well, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, no, Clay is correct. I'm sorry, I was jumping ahead there. Um, it was due to the popularity of the show, and Douglas Adams did put a lot of effort into making it sound really good and it sounded better than most of the other things on BBC radio at the time which was like the late 70s and that's what sort of the popularity was really popular because of the I think the sound and the editing and stuff so um I wonder if people yeah. thought it was like War of the Worlds and they thought that you know actually the book <laughs> the book on we're going to destroy the place I didn't uncover any of that in my research, but you never know. Maybe people did. Someone was fooled. I'm sure someone was. Yeah. It's funny when you think about like too. Like this was apparently I mean, the the video you sent again was a big. It was a big time in Britain for like this, it was like this cultural explosion because you had Monty Python and you had Pink Floyd and like all yeah. like it was a lot of cool well, stuff going Doctor on. Doctor Who. 
back to he. And uh, yeah, this was, and Hitchhiker's Guy was right in there, like right up there with them. And he became like obscenely popular and obscenely wealthy. And there's some banging going on. Uh, never mind. Oh, so, yeah. hear more about that banging that was going on. You know, just some pictures going up. <laughs> so, uh, the. Uh, oh, I thought you meant banging. I think Douglas Adams did, uh, you know, did uh, had some <laughs> good luck with the Come. evening time as well. I only oh. wish I had good luck with uh, Zooey Deschanel. Sorry to say. Yep. Well, there you go. We'll because I consider hope. myself, I, I always tell Stacy that if anyone were to play me in in a movie, which I don't know how this would work, but I would want Sam Rockwell or a clone of Sam Rockwell 20 years from now to play me in the story of my life. I mean, he's probably younger than us, right? No? No, he's Sam Rockwell. the same age. Zooey Dashnell. Oh, no, I mean Sam. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. He plays Zaphod Beeblebrox in the movie. Yeah, I know that. I just don't oh. know why. how... Never mind. Just Clay just wanted to get it in there, I guess, that he's got I wanted to get thing. it in there with Zooey Deschanel, okay? I want to be the new girl. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, he was, very, he was very popular. Yeah, and from that came the, the novelization, which basically came from, like, came from the screenplays, right? And according to that video, he was way behind between editing the radio show and writing this book that they basically said like you need to just give us that book right now <laughs> like whatever page you're on hand it over so he did it's because he was doing a lot of he was really burning the candle at both ends and drinking so you know yeah. that took a that was time. like me <laughs> 10 years ago yeah. so he you know because that's pretty much Excuse me, that was me taking a sip, speaking of drinking. Gulp. He, yeah, he was basically, that was what a lot of his career was, was like just finishing up. Like, he even asked, he asked for a lot of help on the, the radio show and stuff. So, But yeah, the end result was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, one of the most popular books, sold 250,000 copies in the first three months, which I guess in 1979 was... Pretty awesome. I don't know how much books sell anymore, but it was number one in the second week. So um, it was popular. I was, you know, so I was a little young for that, but my, my aunts and uncles were really passing this thing around and making it part of our family culture, probably 84, 85. And mm -hmm. my uncle even had a, um, he had a, he had a boat and it was called the Hitchhiker. And usually, like, on the boat, you say, like, the USS Hitchhiker or whatever. And then below it says, like, Boston Mass or something like that. And he had the, the boat was called the Hitchhiker. And then where it was, its port of call was Andromeda M31. And then on the front, like, this, the big sail, the big colorful sail on, a, on like, a 40-foot sailboat is called the Spinnaker. His Spinnaker had the, uh, the cover, like, the guy with the, the the green guy uh with his tongue sticking out and no joke this is a funny little aside we got sort of like pulled over by the the coast guard and they like 
rated the ship and said that because it said Andromeda M31, it didn't say Boston, like that he had to, it was basically like having like, like a fake license plate on his, on his boat. So oh my God. It. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, but yeah, I would say 80s were. Your uncle's boat, a giant wedgie and shoved it into a locker for being such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was like pretty nerdy thing, but I'm telling you like this, like everybody in my family to this day still like quotes uh the hit trackers guy and, and everything i don't know it's just like in my dna that's uh, that's pretty cool like my family has nothing like that for that matter i i learned about the book i kind of say it was probably like 19 8 or 18 or so and one of my co-workers was talking about how much he enjoyed it so i went and picked it up and read it hmm. very well i remember uh one of the weird dummies that i dated uh Oh, I love the weird dummy. She really liked Marvin the. Animal. Yeah, she played Marvin the uh, the manic right. depressive robot in a production, a stage wrong. production directed by friend O the Pod Ray O'Hare. No. Yes. So just a local, you know, community theater thing, but it was, you know, I don't know. It's I, a summer claim, I guess. I also seem to remember one other. Um, like I, I don't know if it's pop culture, but it's directly, directly Hitchhikers related. Like the Doctor Demento radio show was also something that I was a, a huge nerd about and got stuffed in a locker about when I was a kid. <laughs> but uh, but there was like a Marvin the Paranoid Android song, and maybe it just like sampled him from the radio show or something. But I remember like, I just remember like, well, don't talk to me about life. <laughs> I feel that the movie that was the only thing they got right with it was using Alan Rickman's voice for yeah, yeah. He, was, he was really good in that yeah. but the casting was very I thought the casting was great like everybody was good it just it just didn't they took I elements think it's Sorry. impossible to do it it's yeah. an almost impossible thing to do unless you animate it or something and the, the BBC TV show was pretty good uh, as I said but like it's it's an almost impossible thing to do. Well, I think it's about the BBC show too. Is when they have Zaphod like his two heads, which like obviously one of them is not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah, two heads. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't even try to give him two heads in the movie, did they? Like they just yeah, it was something weird. He would like turn. It was like, do you have two faces or something? It I like, only yeah, it was like two faces instead like. of two heads. But I will say that like when I think of when I re-listened to the the audiobook, I I sort of picture the beginning of the TV show as w with the bulldozers and stuff like that. That's like picture perfect to me. Like, and then they yeah. go to the pub and everything. It's like, it, it really it seems to be like pretty well done. <laughs> yeah, the, the two guys playing Arthur and Ford were what I was picturing was as I was listening to it from the show. Yeah, me too. And me then Zaphod and trillion i was picturing from the movie yeah. i, I <laughs> yeah, think i agree kinda... with you on that yeah yeah i mean it's like yeah the casting was fine i think a lot of people thought like most deaf like are you that doesn't seem like are you kind of a black guy praying for I mean, yasmin bay right. oh i'm sorry most deaf i mean whatever bay. he was most deaf in the movie he called himself you know he was you know but who cares? That's not that wasn't the issue. The issue yeah, was just the movie black, didn't. Huh? I think the I don't even remember a lot of it, but I think it, it kind of combined a lot of the elements from the different yeah. 
I don't, yeah, I don't think it was just an adaptation of the first book. I right. seem to recall it doing more, but yeah, I haven't seen like it since the one to three, you know. Like, yeah, but I don't think they had earned all that yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> they were doing stuff and expecting us to care about stuff, the things that didn't we didn't. Yeah, whatever. Stacy read just last summer, and she got like for the first time, and 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 so then what we did was we watched the BBC and then we watched the movie uh, and then I was like oh it's already in my audible if we're going to be doing this I've listened to it like two or three times since last summer including like getting ready to this like I this, could it's just wow it's my first time returning to it since I read it the first time back in like 1991 yeah me too I didn't I didn't remember nearly as much as I thought I did I forgot all about the mice <laughs> And right. stealing the, I forgot about the probability draw. I just remembered the first part where the earth was getting demolished and, you know, eating peanuts and having a towel and stuff like that, you know, and the poetry. Yeah. Now, after that, everything was, it seemed like new. I forgot all about that stuff. Well, it is funny. So, like, I think right. one thing, one of the things that people really like about it, because it's sci-fi, but it's also very accessible and it's very funny. And because you see it through Arthur's, eyes you know everything kind of comes through arthur's perspective so yeah the idea that as his house is about to get demolished by like bulldozers there's also interstellar bulldozers basically are going to destroy the earth so they can build like a, a bypass as they call it and ford who knows what's happening comes and tells arthur like quick you gotta you gotta go to the bar and he's like what the pub and Arthur's like, no, I have to stay here so they don't run over my house. And he's like, eh, you know, Ford's kind of like, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, he gets the supervisor of the construction crew to lay down in front of the bulldozer. Right. He's like, like, I mean, you know what's going to happen here? So let's just, why don't you lay down? <laughs> and he's like, and if you want, you know, we'll come back. And uh, if you want a break from this, uh, we'll give you a break. And he's like, oh, that, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah and that, and I love the... Uh, see the python influence in the writing yes yeah a lot of that like python when the the cops are shooting they're like we don't want to shoot at you we've actually quite nice people when you get to know us you know we don't go randomly shoot people yeah they like they they're like jokes that they just keep kind of dragging out but they're still funny yeah you right. can tell he's hanging out with graham because i guess graham was one of the better writers for python too like he was he contributed a lot and you could tell that these guys were buddies in, in a way you know yeah yeah so it is funny though like yeah they go to a, a pub and because ford is expecting it picked up by a something like an uh because he's a hitchhiker but you have to have beer to settle your stomach when this happens <laughs> like, and so yeah so like, he's like drink drink your pints hurry up and he's like why why are we doing this i don't get it he finally tells him i'm an alien and he's like what <laughs> so, so it's like it's, it's pretty something about like it better feel better like if you're drunk or something and it's like ask a glass of water how it feels like to be drunk <laughs> like they, there was like a lot of wordplay like stuff you know? right well yeah i love the, the fact that like the bogon is says the same stuff as the the guy who's about to bulldoze arthur's house like it's, it's right, like, like oh we, we've been yeah like plan. the plans are available it's such a great commentary on, on like sort of the bureaucracy of, of shit like that, you know? Also, what John was just saying about the Monty Python writing is like a totally, total parrot sketch when he, he says, well, the plans 
for the destruction of this for the bypass were down at the city hall, down in the basement, in a locked room, in the back of a filing cabinet that was rusted shut together. How, you know, I did finally right. find them. And then uh, and the Vogons say something like, if you don't take any interest in local affairs, like they were at Alpha Centauri 4.3 light years away, you know, we, we can't yeah. help if you didn't look that up. <laughs> yeah, that's your fault. So very funny. It, it is. And they do get picked up by Zephon Beeblebrox, uh, who is the president of the galaxy, which is a title that has almost no. Well, first they get. They get oh, right. picked up on the the Vogon ship. The Vogon right, get... by the by the cooks. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then they, but they eventually get just released. Yeah, they get thrown into space after listening yeah. to the poetry. Yes. Yeah, and, the Vogon poetry. Drive of the I forget the name of the ship. The Heart of Gold. Yeah, it yeah. gets them. The, oh, like, just to a piece of line up with her phone or whatever it was. Yeah, it was it was sort of a one in a million chance that, that they would survive just long enough to get picked up, and but that's the improbability improbability drive. And they reverse the polarity of the improbability drive to make it make things probable, so that's how things are going their way. It's funny because uh, I don't know. Am I? I'm not. Again, I don't remember much of the movie either, but I think it feels like Trillian and Arthur were always kind of supposed to have like a thing. Well, they were think... in the book, kind of too, because like Arthur was like hitting on her, yeah, and then Zaphod like kind of like yeah, he swung in, in and was like, "Hey, it's like, hey, is this loser bothering you? I'm an alien from another planet. Come over here and talk with me." Yeah, but right. does like, does does that develop into a relationship in further books? I don't remember. No, because he meets another woman, and I, I thought it was a little. Eh, I don't know about that, right? I mean, it's kind of. I don't remember. I. Only remember this because I've listened to it over the last week. Hey, right. Yeah, I, I have to revisit the uh, the next ones, which I'll probably do soon. I think it's in the third or uh, the third one where he meets. I forget her name now. It's kind of like a weird, a weird name when he meets it. But I remember the way it was described too, and it almost felt kind of like well, Fenchurch is the. The, the name of the character that he meets. Oh, and, yeah. I never would have remembered that. In so long, and thanks for all the fish. Yeah, it's not really. I don't know. I kind of felt like, wait, what happened to Trillian? You know what I mean? It seemed like they was that should have happened. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old softy. <laughs> well, that was like the the improbability numbers were. Yeah, the, I think you mentioned it before, but they were the same as. Trillian's phone number back on Earth. <laughs> like the right, number they had to yeah. plug into the computer. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, adventures continue. They're looking for uh, Magrathea, this, like, ancient planet that nobody believes exists. And it turns out the Earth was just a, a computer created a long time ago by these, <laughs> these people who wanted to discover. Philosophers. Philosophers, sorry, yes. They weren't just people. It was, it was commissioned by mice, though, right? Right. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah. getting to that, yes. Okay, sorry. That's no, okay. No, well, yeah, it turns out mice don't... <laughs> I like how Dursa jumps all the way around. He's like, hey, hey, hold on. I was hey, I was that. getting to that part. No, you're right. I went all the way to the end. <laughs> hey, you went I right was... to the end. You're like, hey, well, hold on. There was a the petunia and a whale, and maybe it was a whale from Star Trek Four. Who knows? But I'm getting <laughs> Maybe, I don't think, I think this predates the whale from Star Trek Four. I hope it wasn't the whale. You don't know. That whale, it, that whale fell the... to its death. I put it into um, 
uh, the improbability it, it drive. It was a sperm whale, though, not a humpback whale, right? No, mm. oh, you got me on the technicality hey, again, Don. Now shove yourself into the locker. Yeah, thank, uh, see yourself into that locker over there. Pussy right? blue boots. <laughs> <laughs> here's one um, for your uncle, too. <laughs> yeah, it turned out my uncle not, wasn't a very great guy. But he, he did turn me on to Hitchhiker's Guide. Look, he did. He did one thing right then. He know? did. Yes. Even a broken so, clock is right twice a day. Ah, that's a good saying. All right. It turns out mice and dolphins were number one and two on the most intelligent rankings of creatures on the Earth. <laughs> and yeah, the mice were actually experimenting on people. Yeah, um, but and they're like tricking them by like going down the wrong way in the maze and stuff like that. Right. It was all. It was all a ruse. It was all a farce. It was a farce. I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but one thing that I really do enjoy about, about, the, uncle about my <laughs> uncle was he wasn't very great. He was abusive. He stole my... No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the, the BBC the TV show, the animations of uh, like in, interspersed throughout the whole book are like just it cuts to the Hitchhiker's Guide or, or they go, Arthur decided to look some stuff up on the Hitchhiker's Guide. So it goes into the actual Hitchhiker's Guide to the galaxy and the the very early computer animations is probably a lot of hand-drawn animation but like yeah, rotoscope or something that nice like cool glowy effect to it too it is those are so cool and when i showed those to stacy we were like just thought they were awesome and funny and and great because it shows the dolphins it shows the mice it, uh i i really love that part of the tv show yeah, I wanted to check it out. I never did. It does seem like it lends itself to a series more than a, a one movie. But yeah, yeah, Mike Nesmith at one point was working with uh, hmm. the Douglas Adams to to turn this into a movie. Well, yeah, because really? he's really in, he his his Twitter handle is like Videogram or Video Video Ranch. Or, That's the name. Video of his Ranch. Company. So he like really is like. It was into a long time well, ago, he like to, yeah, video. Well, he he's produced to, a bunch of movies. Yeah. yeah, he's produced a bunch of movies. He used to be a distributor for PBS videotapes back in the '80s, and uh, was like, you know, uh, one of the had a hand in helping create MTV back in the day. Mm. <laughs> listen to our future monkeys episode. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have a I have a cool episode of Mike Nesmith on this uh, podcast that I listened to talking about the Beatles that I'll, I'll have to share with you guys. It's very cool. Oh, he was at the Sergeant Pepper's recording too. Oh, yes, he was there. Yeah. That. It was a very amusing episode of our lives. <laughs> of our lives. Of our lives. And our friend Yo met him. That's right. Years ago. Anyway, back to the... Uh, yeah, I don't know where we were, but anyway, so... We yeah, were on the they... video ranch. <laughs> the whole point was to... Discover the answer to the question, the, the life, the universe, and everything. They, 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 they built the Earth as a computer to, yeah. to figure out the answer, which they yeah. found the answer, but then, which was 42, but then yeah. they had to know what the question was. Right, they didn't know what the question was. Yeah, so the, the computer's name is Deep Thought, right? So Deep Thought is yes. like, I'm going to have to shut myself down and build another computer. Deep Thought. By Jack Handy. Yeah. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! He's canceled now. Oh, really? Right. Al Franken. Oh, Al Franken. Yes. Okay. Right. That's true. Is that Al Franken? I thought Al Franken was Stuart Smalley. 
He oh, was, he is. He... Jack Handy is, is actually yeah, a person named Jack Handy, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's actually I mean, the writer. If that's his name, I just thought, or Phil Hartman, who's been dead for like twenty something years. I hope he's not canceled. R.I.P. No, he's yeah. not he used to do. He used to read them. I think. Well, he used to say the deep thoughts. But I don't know who read the things, but it doesn't matter. I just wanted to make that reference. Thank um, you to our Phil Hartman episode. <laughs> News radio. Listen to our house guest episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting way off. Cut. We're getting way off track. Go on, sir. Go on with your bad self. Hey, man, this is our first book. You know what? What are we gonna do here? You know, first book. We don't know how how to behave. We don't know how to behave. It's not really book our podcast. first book. Listen to our Flint Dilly episode for our first book. Right, he did. A, he wrote the book. Anyway, they they, they determined that. Well, well, then the the question is. Uh, how many roads was a man walked down? Well, hold on for one second, because you're, uh, again, skipping over stuff. The, the He's getting there. He's getting there. was that the Vogons destroyed the Earth just before they were about to get the answer, which was the question. Right. Well, and so then they were trying, the, the mice were trying to make up, you know, what the question, but after they were like, well, Arthur Dent is here from the Earth. Let's mm-hmm. just use his brain. And because that'll have some of the programming in it or whatever, and we'll get the answer that way. And then he refuses, and then they <laughs> just are trying to come up with their own thing. But isn't well, trillion- they were going to have to like take apart his brain or something? Like, yeah. right. like but, but also, all you have to do, they'll put in a robotic brain, and all he has to do is just say, "What? What's going on here?" or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also Arthur Dent is such the everyman. He's such the like. He's such the idiot. Like nerd and not paying attention like if if i always picture like if i were to go back in time like i couldn't invent the internet or the combustion engine or anything i don't know anything about how that stuff works you know what could i how could i help anyone you know but like like arthur's like one of his deepest thoughts is like wow there's no more mcdonald's (laughs) the earth is gone you know what i mean like he's just an he's just an idiot like an idiot like that is the same idiot that I see when I look in the mirror. Like, no shade, no lemonade to Arthur Dent. He's just a regular guy. What does he know about the answer to life, the universe, and everything? No, but it's in his subconscious, they think, because, you know, he's from Earth. So they just have to, yeah, they just cut into his brain and figure it out. And you are correct. Trillian is also from Earth, but she wasn't there. They weren't together at that time. Oh, okay. So they it was just Arthur. because... He was there as the Earth was about to be destroyed. No, no, no. Uh, that's true too. But I think also hmm. she was like uh, they were held captive on another ship, right? They were elsewhere. No, but they, I think they, they did mention that bad. they were. First of all, they were her mice. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I don't think even she knew that they were the most intelligent species. Yeah, but my point no, being, they could have gotten her brain. It seemed like right. a better. Should have. They should have said, "Hey, let's go find that Earth lady." Unless I just. But she was there with them. She introduced them to Arthur Dent. Well, I guess you're right. I don't know. I it's don't more know. funny if it's maybe here. No prize time. He had to be there the day of the Earth just being destroyed in order for it to uh, to work. You yeah, are because, the no prize. Right, okay, because right. maybe that is the real reason. I think that is it. the real reason. No, but no, no. Like uh, I just want to, you know, I don't want to get a bunch of angry uh, emails telling me what an asshole I am for not for missing that. Which I wouldn't because nobody's listening. But right. which they're not. But you know, it's if you want to send in, 
a no cry no prize request you can send that to league podcast 1089 commonwealth avenue p.o box 295 boston mass 02115 and we'll be sure to get send you something special back just be sure to send the s-a-s-e self-addressed stamped envelope hope you like a flaming bag of poo <laughs> the funny thing is we got to fly all the way from north dakota to massachusetts to get it really to- is sort of an annoying like hassle to have it's to, a forwarding to address just to get the mail but thankfully it's a no forwarding address us. they'll send yeah, it no wherever you want in the country no one ever sends us you're never even mind like a paper letter no one even gives us anything stars we're something. trying to open the trying to open it up you know so they can maybe send us a sacy that'd be fun i'd love to get a sacy i don't know what we would mail them but i'd find something it'd be awesome how about how about um a Fake license plate that says you're from Alpha Centauri or whatever. Or our, our what is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andromeda M31. Andromeda M61. I, I can tell you that the Coast Guard, they were not Hitchhiker's fans. They were they they raided that. Well, place. I wouldn't know because I live in North Dakota. We don't have an ocean here or Coast Guard. <laughs> we don't have a There's Coast not one Guard. Yeah. We got plenty of. Um, I don't know. Stacy? Yeah, we've got a lot of Stacy. You, you have a Stacy tree in your backyard. You just boop, pluck it off yeah, the tree. I, you get a lot of like buffalo or something. I don't know. Do this. Got, like got a pet buffalo. Hmm. George. <laughs> <laughs> Back so, anyway, they don't cut up Arthur's brain. Because they, they escape. Right. The two cops are shooting at him and they say, we're quite nice guys if you got to know us. Right, right. That that scene plays pretty well in the in the TV show, too. <laughs> in a Monty Python sort of way, I guess. Yeah, so they get back on the heart of gold. And then like, it's kind of, it does seem like it ended in a way where it's like... Yeah, no, it seemed like, it did seem like they were like, we need this today. And he's like, okay, the end. We're going to go to the restaurant, the end of the universe. Right. It seemed like he <laughs> They literally said, apparently, like, whatever page you're on is the last page. Give us that book. And so he just wrote, okay, I think, yeah. And then he decided to just, I guess, then he, he named the next book, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. But it does seem to end kind of like, he's like, yeah, hungry chap. And it's like, sure. That was it. one thing that I, 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 I listened to it all the way through, like, last week. And then I was like, I was sort of confused as to what happened in the other books or, and kind of like conflating it with the movie a little bit. I was like, what exactly happens right at the end of this? So I listened to the last chapter a couple times. I was like, okay, so that's where it ends. They don't go to the restaurant yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't remember. How does it end? Yeah. Yeah, I know it is hard to kind of, when you when you sort of take it all in as a whole work, I had forgotten that the Dolphins were mentioned in this one i thought that that was because the third book is called so long and thanks for all the fish which was the final thing that the dolphins told people before they left before the earth got destroyed because they were like hey they apparently they've been trying to warn us for years Uh, i wouldn't be surprised if uh, you look at my high school yearbook photo and it says something like so so long and thanks for all the fish like that's what really was getting me stuffed in the lockers that kind of shit It's okay. I got stuffed in my share lockers. If I had a time machine, I wouldn't invent like Google or whatever. Like you said, I would tell myself to not be a nerd. 
You'd like be, like, I want to be a cool nerd. It's Anyways, podcasting. There's a great legacy to this story and these books. For one thing, the Hitchhiker, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the actual thing is described as almost like a tablet, basically. The way they describe like, uh, it. I used to picture it to be like Penny from Inspector Gadget, her computer book. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how I pictured it in my head. I guess it is kind of like that. Although it's like, I think it's, I don't know. I guess that's what I pictured because that's all we had back then. But now, yeah, you, if you if you were to read this today without it, like you would probably picture like an iPad or a tablet, you know. I like how they were like, if if this uh, if a hitchhiker wanted to carry this, they would have to carry around several large buildings. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it takes the form of basically a computer, however he describes it. Yeah, but that was like 1979 or whatever. I know, like, it's so cool. Like, cool to think that he was that far ahead of it his time. And of course, the Babblefish, which is an app now that you can use to you learn don't even around. Yes, you don't even and need this, to. Isn't this why we're even doing this podcast? Because I mentioned Babblefish. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a font I use a lot when I was working on um, One the Piece. Guide? Oh, uh, no. On uh, One Piece, I think on Naruto, that that was a a common font used. In the early days, uh, well, for me being an internet person, I remember that was like a website that you could go to before Google Translate and stuff. Like you could go to this website, Babblefish, and translate things. Type if someone sent you like I remember like specifically, I remember getting like selling something on like eBay and getting a question in another language and going to babblefish.com to translate the whatever this person was asking me <laughs> sometimes so, but yeah but now it's it's like an app that is that you can use that's on all sorts of podcasts like yeah they sponsored john hodgman and stuff and whatever it's pretty cool the idea though yeah it comes from this obviously uh well i shouldn't say obviously because i only knew this from last week but yeah it's may 25th which is two weeks after the death of Douglas Adams, who was not even 50 when he died in 2001. Yeah, 49. Oh. Anyway, May 20th, this is Towel Day. And of course, <laughs> oh, it's celebrated in England. Never know where hotel towels <laughs> So, in the, the, the Hitchhiker's Guide describes the most important thing that it, you can carry around the galaxy is a towel. So, I, yeah. Like a towel That's because a day. people believe that if you're traveling with a towel, that you must have thought of everything. So, like, just because you have a towel, it's kind of like a show-off thing. It's like this guy's got his, this guy's a fruit that uh really has got his shit together. You know, he's he's uh he's got it going he, on. He's got a so, towel. And so that since you have a towel, they think that you have a shaving kit and toothpaste and stuff. So that when you ask to borrow something, they're like. Yeah, he just, you know, he must have just run out because he's obviously got a towel. It's like proves <laughs> that. He... Oh, oh, and the other thing about uh, Babblefish was that that kind of like goes to his Douglas Adams. Um, and he was like kind of a radical atheist. <laughs> so he, oh. there's a whole section of the book describing the Babelfish, uh, as people saying like, "This is proof that God exists," and then proof that God doesn't exist. And uh, I won't do it justice by describing it, but. Uh, he, he sneaks a little bit of his atheist, 
AP zoom in there in a in a fun yeah, way. Yeah, it was but. the 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 joke being like by proving God exists, it proves that he didn't exist or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Very like Pythony kind of thing too. Again, but it's funny because it, it makes a lot of sense. It's just like everything, like a lot of things in the book, the way they describe well, it. It, kind it of makes does. a lot of sense because it doesn't make any sense. There's exactly. your soundbite for um, yeah. Instagram. Go back and listen to our whatever podcast that was from. You can't use that podcast, that sound bite for every podcast. <laughs> but you have to listen to it repeatedly. Yes, yeah, so it just loops. It just gets like even more deep yeah. and engrossing. We're getting really abstract by just referencing ourselves as saying it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I mean, the, but that's I guess it's accessible. Like the the science isn't just bullshit that he's pulling out of nowhere. But it also is it's funny and it's like it kind of pokes fun at modern society, obviously. But with all these like advances and stuff, it's it's, it's really interesting though. Like it's it points out a lot of how a lot of how silly a lot of things we do are. But in this context, it's it's really. Uh, it's really something fun. like um you know he he literally makes fun of digital watches uh a couple times in the book because he 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 like kind of sets up the joke early on and saying that like humans are obsessed with like having silly things like digital watches on their wrists and then like mm. later on he's like Arthur's wondering if he doesn't have an arm how he can you know <laughs> yeah, program right. his digital watch or something and like that is just so like replace that with any like with his iPhone, with his Apple Watch, with his you know what whatever like modern convenience thing. It's like why are people so obsessed with these dumb things? Yeah, it's true. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that's why John has a fancy watch now, as we saw on his Instagram. He oh, doesn't want several fancy watches. Digital watch. <laughs> But yeah, and obviously forty-two like is a big. I'll go with the Jaeger. <laughs> and like it's, I think like there's so many references to forty-two in a lot of sci-fi and pop culture. It's, it's like the Lost. Wilhelm scream of of uh, sci-fi. Right, you know, right. All I the MCU, he's... like the first helicarrier is forty-two, and you know it's everywhere. Yeah, I think it was Mulder's apartment on x-files little things like that like all it's all over the place so there's like a whole book on just it's called hitchhiking cultural inroads and like it's a whole book on that like it's it is pretty crazy that they like there's so much that people other people took from from this because he he didn't just write books like he did a lot of other stuff he partied with pink floyd but he also went on this apparently he went on this like uh, excavation not excavation but like this you know like he became an environmentalist after he went on this trip with i forget who the environmentalist was now so i feel like kind of an idiot but uh yeah like he totally got into the environment and stuff and he was always into like computers and he would give lectures and stuff like that he was so. he's working on video games at the end of his life too yeah yeah he was very prolific even until the end he wasn't just churning out books although he did write a few jerk gently novels after which i've never yeah read. so i uh since we i i doubt we'll ever do a jerk gently thing I, I after i like read all of the hitchhiker's books i was like okay i'll i'll give this a shot and it's absurdist in the same way the hitchhiker's guide is but it's not in space 
And uh, I did read a few of the Dirk Gently um, IDW comics. I thought they were good. And uh, Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, I thought was a, a pretty good book. Because he's a detective. And I guess there's a TV show that I have not seen, but I kind of want to see. Um, hmm. But uh, starring, um, who's the guy there from uh, Frodo? Martin Freeman? No, no, no. Wait, no, not Martin Freeman. He the was, other guy there. Uh, uh, he was Arthur Dent. I know who you're talking about. What's Elijah Wood. Yeah. Elijah Wood, thank you. Yeah, so he's in that. And uh, I, it's probably for free on digital, whatever, somewhere for me to watch. I mean, it's on my sort of watch list. I want to check it out someday. Hmm. Those are very the fun Long story. Dark Tea Time of the Soul is a great name for anything. But it's got to be one of the best book names ever. <laughs> what a great name. Uh, it's hilarious. As is so long and thanks for all the fish. Those are two of the greatest titles that you could possibly come up with, I think. But that's just me. Yeah, he the last like ten years of his life were really uh kind of he died at the gym. Yeah, like oh hey, there you go. Go being awesome. Go being awesome, yeah. Finally married, like later in life. Not, I guess not that much later, since he was only forty nine when he passed away. And he had a daughter and everything. But yeah, and it, he was still working on stuff. He kept thinking that he didn't end the Hitchhiker's Guide series on a very happy note. So he kept thinking, oh, maybe yeah. I'll go back. Maybe I'll go back. And he never did. But someone else wrote a six. I forget who the author was. Someone wrote a six book. But you know, it's not the same. You can't. Uh, Neil Gaiman's first book was called uh, Don't Panic in 1986, and it's kind of a uh, sort of, I guess, like the story of Hitchhiker's Guide and stuff. And it was it was actually Neil Neil Gaiman's first like published actual book. Um, And uh, actually, the audio book is read by Simon Jones, the original Arthur Dent from the uh, TV show, which is interesting. Oh, the guy, it's. Ian Colfer wrote the sixth book, and that was in 2009, 2008. And was and... it, like, maybe based on, like, like somebody finished the book that he started, like, from notes or something? Yeah, like I think there were, uh, yeah, there were just some ideas that, that Douglas Adams had, and he kind of finished it. But none of the plot ideas were really in there. The I, I, Douglas Adams had apparently had this idea to at least start all the characters together in the same place, which was something that they were all kind of get spread out a lot. There, It was called The Salmon of Doubt was the book that it was a Dirk Gently novel that Douglas Adams was working on. And then he kind of thought, oh, this might make a better Hitchhiker's book. And then, yeah, he never finished it. But it's kind of funny, that video that you, you sent us, John, it's on YouTube. It's a, you know, it's a Douglas Adams biography. It, he talks a lot about like, well, he was borrowed from this to make that. It's like, well, it's all his own stuff. It's not like he's stealing yeah. and ripping someone off. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody does that, right? <laughs> but who cares? I mean, that's like life now anyways. Is people right. remixing shit and reinterpreting stuff. And that wouldn't be a big deal at all now. <laughs> you know? No, of course not. Of course not. But I mean, yeah. Like you just, if you have a great idea, but it works better with another set of characters than the and then just do that (laughs) so but yeah he did describe he described mostly harmless as a very bleak book and um i have to agree it was kind of (laughs) it was kind of dark like the uh the book the the form of like a 
like a crow or something. It's uh, it's very dark. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I remember finishing that in my big thick Hitchhiker's Guidebook, and then there's like a there's like a thing at the end called like Young Zaphod something. Um, Young Zaphod plays it safe, and I was like, oh, I should finish this. I got to finish this book, and I never finished it. I mean, the book is like 600 pages, and yeah, I was like, I can finish this. I can finish this. And I never did. It's still good. Saying. It's still good. <laughs> but it is pretty funny. because it still was happens, right? All the books describe it as a trilogy. And then they, the subsequent books were just like the increasingly like wrongly named trilogy. You know, like they keep sort of making fun of the fact. Uh, that oh, yeah. Named. Right. The, yeah. The marketing copy on the book is like, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the sixth or the fifth in the, in, yeah. in the trilogy. Someone in the yeah, really... Poorly named trilogy or something like this. There's, there's always jokes about it. I don't think anybody takes like that serious. When you say something's a trilogy, nobody, nobody, nobody cares if you make more. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty funny to make jokes about it. Yeah, in 2005, they made a pretty boring movie about that. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Elder did not enjoy the movie, and I was with her on that one. Yeah. It's and weird. I can't explain why I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it right. had all the stuff in it. I was just like, I'm just. Uh, I don't know. My, yeah, my I don't... take on all of the other things that like aren't the book, with the exception of the audiobook, which is I still think the book, um, are like, let's. Oh yeah, you think you could do this? Let's see how you do it. I think they did the best they could in 1981 or whatever at the BBC. It was like great you know and then like i think there's just moments in the movie that are like sort of okay and like like you said about marvin and, and stuff and i was like oh this is what how they thought the bogon should look oh this is you know sam rockwell and louis dashnell okay oh it's like i didn't like the ship in the in the movie i was just like you guys think you can make, make a movie okay put it up there i'll watch it i'll see what you think you could do but there's nothing to match what's in my head yeah, I guess that's maybe that's it. it. They couldn't match what was in everybody's head. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm with you, John. I don't remember why I didn't like it. I just remember leaving me like, all right, it was fine. I think even at the time, I probably thought it was fine just because I was excited there was a movie. But I've never gone back to watch it again because I had no desire to. <laughs> I kind of feel like the climax was just Arthur Dent kind of going like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, and I don't the remember them rebuilding Earth like. It's almost right. like just a flip of the bulldozers at his house. They're like kind of like started his house and they're like building stuff. It's just, that's it. They're all like slapping each other on the back and having beers back on Earth before it mm. or whatever. Yeah, I think they thought they could have a sequel, but it was only sort of mildly successful. And I think they that, were just. I guess I think we, something we could all agree on about the movie. Like, I'm not saying I love the movie, but. The the cast fine. Is, the cast is great. <laughs> I think fine. the cast is awesome. I agree. The cast, cast is, is fine. Cast is, <laughs> the cast is, is well, fine. And I'm not. I have to say, or at least I wasn't at the time. I, I think after I saw that Three Billboards movie, but I I never liked Sam Rockwell that much until I saw that Three Billboards movie, which is very good. But um, yeah, uh, he was fine. But I yeah, I love Zoe Deschanel and. Martin Freeman's always liked him. And, and yeah, Alan Rickman is perfect as Marvin. 
Yeah, the problem with Marvin is you can always overdo it. I kind of feel like the audiobook that I listened to, which was narrated by Stephen Fry, who was in the movie at some point. I forget who he played. In, or he's a voice in the movie. He's the narrator or the guide. But he kind of overdoes Marvin, I feel like. He's like, oh, I'm so good. Like, and I get it. Like, you, you have to read it. really depressed. Right. When you read it in a certain, when you're reading it, you have to differentiate the different characters and stuff like that. And it's, it's hard to do. So one, yeah. The one that I listened to was uh, read by Douglas Adams. Oh, I should have got that one. Yeah. I like well, read by free, the As I say, that's free on YouTube. Anyways, I listen yeah. to it. And I had a free credit on Audible. So. That's a good one, too. No, it's fine. I liked it. And like I said, Slotty Botfast is a great word to hear. Like read by a. a, a British guy who's reading an audiobook. Slotty Botfast. And Magic Thoughts, which is Slotty Botfast. That would have been great if Sean Connery read Hitchhiker's Guide. Let's let's give our scores. It's better than, (laughs) not as good as. Yeah, okay. I I made a cool post. Let's ditch that out of here. I I tried something. I don't want to. I don't think it works with this book. It doesn't work with this book. Well, it's better than. The last book that comes out. Yeah, mostly harmless. Yeah. Right. Or do you mean the last book? But I don't, I don't really know. know. I mean, I was just trying to go with the joke. Oh, sorry. I'm ruining We don't I'm do jokes anymore on the show. I'm taking it fucking seriously. Shit. Give us your rating, Matthew Patrick Durson. I thought Clay starts. Oh, Clay. Clay <laughs> J. Ferno. Hey. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I have to start every time. You don't. I. I, I I'm sorry. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I'll give I'm my sorry, rating. Though. I will start. I will start. But I insist that we don't say Clay starts because then if you disagree, then I'm all enthusiastic and you guys uh, take a big old dump or whatever I say. Well, isn't that better than us taking a big old dump in the you know after you've been enthusiastic it doesn't no, i like you guys to stink up the bathroom and then i go in and i spray some glade on it okay well that's what we're saying you gotta spray the glade all right i can go first so you can i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take a dump on it what do you Jersey think? just spent the last hour raving about it so he's yeah. getting there he's getting there but i'll go first regardless well you like that. everything and Durson hates everything and i'm somewhere in between it's really it's more fine. leaning towards Durson a lot of the time. <laughs> it's really not. That happen- it's going to happen with brothers. You guys grew up together. You have blood brothers. You're like Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow over there. Yeah. I'm just like stalker. I'm just like, what are you guys Yeah, doing you were there. there. You were there at the tragic event, but yeah, you weren't right. the whole time. Right. <laughs> tragic when, event. When the face got blown off. I know. It's rough. Um, but I feel anyways. bad that Durson got his face blown off and he's not a handsome guy like me. Uh, not with that head. <laughs> Sorry. That was a reference that nobody's going to get. Nope. Okay. Well, great. Um, <laughs> what I would like to say is r- ratings, 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 ratings. This, uh, as I said at the top of the show, probably the most influential book in my humor, in my personality, in my life, honestly, no joke. It sounds like I'm just like, wow, this thing. But this thing really is super important to me. I give it an A+. And um, there's, I think that if they were to reboot the movie or whatever, I would still say the same thing. It could be, you know, George Lucas can could write it and direct it. And 
or or or, or Martin Scorsese, and I would still be like, "Good luck, good luck trying to capture this magic because you can't. It's an impossible thing to do." A plus. It's a book. It's meant to be a book, but there's or interpretations. Radio there's interpretations right. of it that I that I think really nail it, and then. Yeah, move, movie and TV doesn't exactly nail it, but there's good parts in both of those things. Um, so AA plus. That's my rating. Very well. Very well. It is. I've never rated a. We've never rated books. Or, but um, yeah, this. There are very few books. This is maybe more a comment on me than any book, <laughs> but I. There are very few books I've read twice. Or read more, you know, or or listened to, you know, gone back to, in sure. any way. I probably this read this countless revisited. times. I can revisit it. Thank you. I literally cannot count the amount of times I've read this book. That's pretty. That's impressive. And yeah, it's like I, I just. Don't, it's not that I don't like them. I like a book, and then I move on, or whatever. But this is definitely one I've revisited, and I probably will continue to, over and over. And it, not even just revisiting. It, literally, it does permeate society the way very few. Things do, and yeah, but like you say, I think if if they made, I would rather see like a like a six part series or something, you know, like but right, like right. you said, even if no matter how they do it, it won't per book. be like like an HBO series, like of a one right. of the book. Yeah, like Watchmen or something, you know what I mean? Like take, give it the real like the 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 treatment it deserves, or like the radio show, you know, like you said, I. I I would I would definitely watch it. But yeah, would it match what I had in my head? Probably not. But it's also hard because we've seen a movie and like you said, John, I would I kind of picture when I listen to the book, I picture the Marvin kind of the roundy kind of robot that was in yeah. the movie. I picture Sam Rockwell and, and Zoe Deschanel. So I don't know. A rating, I'll give it an I'll give it an A. It's a great book. I would go back and listen to it again, but I don't know. Who rates books? What do you <laughs> Tons of people. Good I'm done. Just like rating anything. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I think this is a very specific kind of humor to it, that if you like that British type of humor, the Python-esque humor, then Say this, no this, more. this is your thing. I was telling Durson before the show, I was sort of not in the mood for that humor when I started listening to the book. And so it was a little bit of a, a mental adjustment for me to get into it. Know what um, I mean? Know what I mean? Say no more. Say no more. Say no more. Regardless, I still enjoyed it after, uh, you know, returning to it for the first time in 30 years. Um, sometimes I, I, I feel that it went a little too tangenty about, you know, oh, uh, you know, a vase of flowers or whatever it was like, no, not again. You know, it, it would sort of just go off for the sake of I almost felt as though he didn't know what else to write about. So he would just insert a joke that didn't really have to do with the rest of the story until mm -hmm. he could sort of get his writing mojo back. Um, but other than that, you know, it was sort of like family guys when, you know, they would be like, oh, that was, you know, that's worse than the time Meg, you know, did something weird. And it would cut to, you know, a sight gag and then come back. That's how mm -hmm. I sort of felt uh, that those little, you know, tangents were. But that said, I enjoy it. I give it an A minus. Uh, very wow. well. Look at this. Oh, mine's pretty good for uh, all the thumbs ups from the league. Eleven thumbs up. Looks like our <laughs> friend Warwick Davis played um played the actual uh, Maranoid right. Marvin Paranoid Android, and you feel him. 
that seems like just well, I don't know. I mean, they could have gotten like nowadays it'd be Peter Dinklage. <laughs> I don't think they would do that. They're like, we need a small person. Okay. I don't think they, they could. They would. Do well, they that. would they have just computer animated like, um, Marvin. They could have computer animated him in two thousand five. I don't know why they. Well, I guess they, sometimes maybe you don't want computer animated. You are correct. Well, uh, but yeah, it sounds like we all enjoyed it, and it, it is definitely maybe not as much as Clay. I actually had no idea when I thought, oh, let's do this, that it was such an influence on you. So, oh, I was on. like super psyched. Yeah. It, it explains a lot now. <laughs> I bet it really Just, kind of like no. I know you said that as a joke, but I it really is like something like super important to me. Like, cause I know you guys have the same thing. Like, but like um, you know, like. I'll just say like the monkeys or whatever. Like th- this is like so. This is super important to me, and like I said, like probably more important to me than Star Wars or anything else, Star Trek even. That's that's pretty. That's yeah, like, saying that formatively, is... you know, like there's right. more to be said about the stories of Star Trek and and in Star Wars. There's like a lot more of it. There's more content, but as far as like what I. I wanted to be the kid, the only kid, uh, or maybe I would talk to Jay Penny, but I wanted to, like, our friends to be the ones that, like, knew about this cool thing, like, in a, like, punk rock way. Like, this is a cool sci-fi thing that not everybody knows about or even understands or would even think is funny, but I love it. So I am super enthusiastic. Yeah, it's easy to cosplay as Arthur Dent, too. Yeah, just put on a bathrobe, right? Yeah, but I did. I got in trouble uh, for wearing a bathrobe to school, so. It is one of those things, though. You're right. Where like you, as you, when you get older, which I didn't, like, then you, you kind of discover. <laughs> I mean, I did get older, but since I didn't read it as a kid, I, but I imagine it's like some of the other things I liked when I was a kid. As you get older, and like you said, it was a coworker of yours said he really liked yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like that's one of those things where you, as you get older, and your circle, like was, your your world was, expands. It was really weird too, because he didn't seem like the type that would be reading that book. Hmm. But he was also the one that wrote the theme for our Durst and the Firestarter movie. Oh, well, how about that? There you go. It is cool. As you get older and you, like I said, my, my weird dummy girlfriend at the time uh, was very influenced by it. I guess she played Marvin and whatever. And she was talking about, and I didn't know who that was. I was like, what? And she said, oh, it's from Hitchhiker's Guide. I said, oh. And then I read it. Well, that was, yeah, really. I guess she did have an influence on me, yeah. even then. She was a weird dummy. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, anything else to add? Should we? Anything else? Nah, life. Don't, don't talk to me about life. <laughs> Go Going back. A little and... bit to uh, Douglas Adams' own periods of depression, uh, putting this depressed robot in there. Uh, yes, apparently. It's good that he can laugh at himself. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so go back and listen to all of our previous League Versus episodes or any of our episodes over at uh, LeaguePodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yes, like and subscribe and check out our YouTube channel where Clay's put some video versions of our podcast. Smash that like button. Yeah, and smash that like button. And if all this digital stuff just ain't for you, we've got the P.O. Box for you. League Podcast. Come over and listen to us talk. League podcast, 1089 Comav, Commonwealth Ave, Comav, Boston, Mass, not North Dakota, 02115. That's no, I'm the only, 295. I'm the only one in North Dakota these days. So That's true. 
that's what's so great about it. We are kind of the technical kind of guys, so we like it. But if you want to right. send it to Stacey, you got to do it the old snail mail way. Yeah, don't you want to? Sometimes the old ways are the best ways. Listen to our upcoming Daniel Craig James Bond retrospective to understand <laughs> that reference. We, we yeah, actually do this podcast the... over. It's very complicated, but we do it over. Um, well, I'm over Morse code. Ring. A string to, to a North long Dakota. string to a can. <laughs> John is just tapping Morse code, but it sounds like right. his voice. Oh, yeah, it comes amazing. It's amazing. That's through uh, Babelfish. Uh, right, we have right. Babelfish. You should see, we should put a camera on his finger because it's like, so it looks like the flash. He's like moving it so fast. Yeah. Click, click. That's why I have, that's why I'm starting a carpal tunnel in my hand. This one. From Morse All coding, podcasting. back on podcasting, brother. That's why we had to cut back to every other week. I couldn't handle That's once true. a week. <laughs> yeah, and stuff. All these different things. But I'm at I'm at a restaurant on the other end of the universe, or at the end of the universe. Which is, oh, okay. Just the well, other end. You know what? I got I do a postscript here. So there was I've asked you guys this before. I think more I'm asking Thurston. But like, didn't Jay Penny host? kind of like a Hitchhiker's Guide D&D game. Like, I always pictured that D&D game as kind of like the Hitchhiker's Guide, even though it, it definitely wasn't was. really. Yeah, it was set in a bar. What was it called, was it called now? now? It's completely gone out of my the head. Bar it, was at the bar floating, the it was called Tales from the Floating Vagabond. And yeah, the Floating Vagabond was a bar sort of at the end of the universe. That was the was closest the I ever got to playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons. Was playing that game once, but I think I developed my character pretty good. It probably yeah. was like I probably just made like Arthur Dent. You know, <laughs> you know. I think I played it twice. Uh, I think you were there once. I don't remember who you. It was one of those. I mean, it was yeah. It, it's it was like a sci-fi Dungeons and Dragons. So even though we're creative, I I don't think that we're Dungeons and Dragons people. I could be wrong. I'm not trying to speak for you guys. Yes. But. We're not, just not that kind of. It's people. not my thing, but I don't. I'm not opposed to it. But no, just, I mean, if that's your thing, I remember still... playing with Durson's brother, and I maybe once or twice with Jay Penny. I don't know. Didn't know. and wasn't Randy Special Agent Hunt in one of them, or did I do? No, that? Randy was me. Oh, okay. Randy did I was make myself in the Firestarter? Oh, that's kind of awesome. That is. Yeah, I, I might, have, had I might have made myself Special Agent Hunt just awesome. <laughs> maybe you did. <laughs> Randy was Durst in the Firestarter. His character was Durst in the Firestarter. Oh, and I think cool. that's why they wanted me to play, because they were like, well, you're already in it. I'm like, well, who can I be then? I can't be Durst in the Firestarter. You can be <laughs> yo. Yeah, I should have been yo. <laughs> I think the only problem with it is that it takes a long time to set up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that they're like, get there at noon or whatever, and then you start playing at like eight. You know, and you're like, okay, well, that was... It was a waste of a day. <laughs> a detention span of a pee, so it's like really yeah, difficult. Exactly. I mean, it. I'm totally exaggerating, but it did take a long time. <laughs> I do remember that was the case as well. Yeah. Time I played. But yeah, I mean, that's I like, I'm talking about how to speed that up. Listen to our Flint Dilly episode if you want to, again. Yeah, go back and just keep listening to that one because that one's really the best thing we've ever done. Except <laughs> for all those uh, great old uh, audio comics. Oh, those are very good. I will say, my, the last thing I'm going to say, if you do like those Hitchhiker's Guide audios that Clay was talking about, maybe you should give our audio comics a try. It's kind of similar. There you go. So, there you go. 
should throw one up on Anchor for the people uh, so they get to hear what we're talking about. Yeah, if you a lot of our audios are on Anchor and they're also at leaguepodcast.com. But we're also on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for like, would you? And we'll talk to you yeah. later. So long and thanks for all the fish. Assholes. Don't talk to me. Oh, Lord. <laughs>